come here today to declare that your presence is heaven to us, God. There is nothing like your presence. Matter of fact, God, what makes heaven heaven is your presence. Not the pearly gates, not the streets of gold, not anything else, God. It is your presence. And this is what Moses even knew when you told them that you have a good land, a land of promise, flowing with milk and honey. For them, this is the question that Moses had. The Lord, are you going? Lord, will your presence be there? Because if you won't go, if your presence won't go, then don't send us. More than the presence, P.S., we want your presence. Because in your presence, Lord, there is fullness of joy. In your presence, there is peace that surpasses all understanding. In your presence, God, there is power, there is love, there is provision and protection. There's anything and everything that we need found in your presence, God. So we thank you, God, that we're able to once again meet and gather and assemble together, not just in a building, but in your presence. As you said, where two or three are gathered, you will be there in the midst of us. When praises go up, your blessings come down. You will inhabit the praises of your people. And so we thank you for your presence being with us today. And we pray that you will be glorified now in all that we are saying and doing at this time. So we thank you that you've given us an opportunity to praise you and to worship you and give you the glory that is due your name. But now, in turn, we ask you will now speak to our hearts. You will open up our hearts and minds to receive your word with gladness, with understanding, and with the decision to apply what is preached today for our good and for your glory. These things we ask in Jesus' precious and wonderful name, and all of God's people said together, amen. Give the Lord a hand one more time, if you will, please. Amen. Thank you so much, team. Well, good morning and welcome back. <laughs> welcome back to Believe Church. Thank you so much for being here. You know, we didn't really know what to expect or how many were going to come out uh, to our soft opening again, but uh, this is definitely a, a good turnout. Uh, we also know that there are those who are at home watching online, so we don't want to leave them out either. Uh, that is our all online community, but we are so grateful and glad that you guys decided to Mother's Day message, as it were. Now, this is always tough for 
we don't know how to make special days special. Yeah, that's a part of it. But there's another reason why this is tough for me because I know and understand, I realize that not everybody is in the same place when it comes to Mother's Day. Not everybody has the same scenario, the same situation. So uh, some of us here are not moms. Some of us here cannot be moms, even though you try to be. Some of us here didn't come from great moms that you felt were worthy of honoring or celebrating. Some of you have lost your mother. Some of you have lost your children, and you don't feel like a mother. You don't feel like uh, your family has been honoring you and celebrating you. So I know and understand while some of us will come in and we're excited about this day and we're glad to celebrate moms, there are other of us who come, and that's just not the case for you. That's really just not your story. And so what I try to do when I'm able to preach messages like this, I try to not speak on Mother's Day, but find some aspect of motherhood that we can all relate to, that we can all relate with. That way, not only do we take time to honor our mothers, because we want to do that, but we also take the time to encourage everyone who is here and who's watching online. Is that all right with everybody? So that's what we want to do today. You know, there's a particular game that I'm sure you've played before. We like to play to uh, pass the time, and that is we will ask each other, if you could be any superhero, who would you be and why? I remember going on a job interview. The, the guy asked me that. That was one of the interview questions. <laughs> if you could be any superhero, who would you be and why? And if we don't say actually superhero, maybe we'll say it this way. If you could have a superpower, you could have a superpower, what superpower would you have? And normally people will come up with the common ones. You know, I would like to fly. I would like to have super strength or super speed or I like to be invisible. They come up with the common ones. But then there's some things that are not so common. There are some abilities or some powers that you wouldn't think is a superpower. Like before um, uh, The Incredibles, who would have thought that Elasticity was a superpower, right? Elastic Girl is a superhero, and all she can do is stretch. So you wouldn't have thought that was a superpower, but there are certain skills, certain abilities that those would have that would consider them to be a superhero. Well, I want to talk to you today about one in particular, one that Jesus is going to reference in the book of John. And I believe it is the superpower of Superpower of Satan. Y'all know what a shapeshift is? Uh, remember my son, he was small, probably Casey or uh, Caleb's age. We used to watch a movie called Sky High. It was all about superheroes and their children going to this superhero school. And one day in gym class, they were supposed to uh, demonstrate their power so that they can be categorized either as a superhero or a sidekick. Depending on the, the power that you have, you're either going to be Batman or you're going to be Robin. Right? And there are other uh, students that had super strength and laser beams and all kinds of things. But you did have some other students that said, well, I can shapeshift. It's like, well, really? Let, let me see you. And they would shapeshift into a tunnel. Okay? So that's, that's not going to help anybody. Okay? You're a sidekick. 
Well, they would shape-shift into a hamster, right? So you're, you're a scientist, and so shape-shifting is definitely a superpower, but it all depends on what you are shape-shifting into, right? Well, God is going to give us a, an ability from Him, a supernatural power from Him that He has, yes, given to our mothers, given to our, our ladies, our women, but we're going to see He's also given it to us as well. So, if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to John chapter 16. I'm going to show you what this superpower is in the message that I've entitled, People of Power. People of Power, going from sorrow to joy. In John chapter 16, the first part of John 16, is all about Jesus' departure. Jesus has been in this world now for some 30 plus years. He's been in his ministry for some three years, but now it is time for his departure. He is about to go. He's about to be handed over to wicked men. He's about to be killed, but then he's even going to go back to the Father who sent him here. So it is all about his departure, but he is now going to address the pain and the anguish and the suffering and the sorrow that that is going to cause his disciples and all those who are following him. And he is going to explain to them of this superpower that they have been given to resolve it, right? It's found in John 16, starting in verse 21. Jesus says this, A woman, when she is in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon, everybody say soon, but as soon as she has given birth to she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. Therefore, you now have sorrow, because I'm leaving, but I will see you again. I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy no one will take from you. God says, right now you are going to go through some agony, some anguish, some heartache, some sorrow, some pain, because I'm going to leave you. I'm departing from you. But when I come back, when you see me again, you will then be able to rejoice. Well, what does it mean to rejoice? Well, we know the prefix re means to do again, right? To do again. And so to rejoice simply means to have joy again. You remember the very first time you gave your life to Christ? You remember the very first time Jesus revealed himself to you and he was willing to forgive you of all of your sin and cleanse you of all of your righteousness and fill you with, your, with his spirit? Do you remember the joy that floods your soul? Well, God wants you to be in that perpetual state of joy. He wants you to always be in that same state exactly where you were and how you were the day you gave your life to Jesus Christ. God says, I want that to be for you for all time. But I know and understand that in this life and in this world, you will have sorrow. In this life, in this world, you will have trials and you will have pain and you will have tribulation and you will have heartache and you will have disappointment. You will have that and it is going to stop or rob you of your joy. But when you see me again, when you see me show up, you ought to be able to rejoice. 
<laughs> that means to have that joy all over again. That's why the Bible says, I say to you, rejoice. And again, I say, rejoice. <laughs> rejoice in the Lord. How long? Always. <laughs> and again, I will say to you, rejoice. The reason why God says rejoice or call to rejoice because he knows there are times in our life where we won't have joy. We won't have his peace. We won't have his confidence or assurance. So God says, when I show up, when you see me, you are to be able to rejoice or have joy again. And he says, this particular joy is different. It's not joy from the world. This is joy from me, from my Father, from heaven. And because it's joy from heaven, no one will be able to take this joy away from you. No one. <laughs> Reminds me of the old song we used to sing. We used to say, this joy that I have, <laughs> the world didn't give it. And guess what? The world can't take it away either. <laughs> because the world did not give me this joy, therefore the world shouldn't be able to take it away. There is a difference between happiness and joy. Happiness is happenstance. It is circumstantial. I am happy because something happened. I'm happy because all the things are good in my life. But let something go wrong in your life. Then your happiness goes out of the window. God says not with joy, though, because the world didn't give you your joy. The world shouldn't be able to take your joy away. <laughs> so he says, when I come, when you see me again, you will be able to Rejoice, and this joy will never be taken from you. In this passage, God is describing, He is illustrating to us this superpower. He has given us this super ability. Super means above. So supernatural means above the natural. God is revealed to us this superpower of, of shape shifting, going from ability to go from sorrow to joy and instantly. And he gives us an interesting comparison. This, of course, is talking about the coming of Christ, and the coming of Christ has been compared with a lot of things. The coming of Christ has been compared to a thief in the night. The coming of Christ has been compared to a master returning to settle accounts. The coming of Christ has been compared to a conquering king. But in this particular passage of Scripture, it's interesting because Jesus describes the coming of Christ to motherhood. He describes the coming of Christ to motherhood. Notice the, the process of, of being a mother, becoming a mother, the process of motherhood, because it is a, a roller coaster of emotions from start to finish. I mean, first, we have a good time making the baby, right? We can all agree there. We got a good time making the baby. <laughs> and then we are so excited when we found out that we conceived the child. <laughs> we are happy about it. We're telling everybody about it. We're holding the stick and showing everybody, right? We're excited about it. Oh, but then comes the morning sickness. Then comes the back pain. <laughs> then comes the weight gain. And and all the crazy appetites you have and the sleepless nights and not being able to get comfortable and the mood swings and the, the heat flashes. Oh, no, heat flashes. That's menopause, sorry. But you, you know what I'm saying? You know, oh, 
that began to happen to your body. And so it is a roller coaster of emotions, and you go through that for nine months. <laughs> Nearly a whole year, you ladies, y'all are going through that. Only to have it come off with labor. <laughs> and it's interesting that Jesus says, when her hour has come, because you say, not me, Lord, because it was hours for me. <laughs> So I was in labor for hours in agony where my body was literally contracting like a soda can trying to push this baby out. For hours I was in agony. For hours I was in pain. For hours I was going through this sorrow and this suffering. You know, God knew what he was doing (laughs) when he gave this assignment to women, okay? He knew what he was doing when he gave this assignment of having children to women. Because had he given that to men, okay, we wouldn't have gotten past Cain, all right? Cain would have been it. That's it. I'm done with that. He knew what he was doing. Because how is it that you ladies can go through all of that? Go through all the nine months of the suffering and the pain and the discomfort and the heartache and all that, and then go through hours of labor pushing this child out, and then you do that again and again and again. You keep doing this. You know, like that one show on TLC, 19 and counting. 19 times you did this? You had 19 children. You allowed yourself to go through this pain and this anguish and this suffering 19 times? How is it that you were able to do that? Because of this superpower, right? Because of this superpower that God has granted you. Because of this superpower that God has given you to shapeshift, to go from sorrow to joy immediately. To be able to forget the nine months of discomfort, to forget the hours of agony during labor, once that baby comes, once that child comes, you immediately forget all that for the joy of the promise, the joy of the reward that you have. And so because of that, you don't remember all that, and so you're ready to do it again. And you're ready to do it again. And I'm thinking, don't don't you remember what what you went through? Don't, don't you remember how it was being pregnant? Don't you remember how it was going through labor? No, I don't remember it. God has given you the ability to forget all that. You know, it's like my daughter. We, we have her in competitive cheer. And competitive cheer takes a lot. It takes a toll with, with the money and the traveling and all kinds of things. And every year, it's like, we're not doing this again. <laughs> well, we're not doing this again. And every time it comes around again, guess what? We're signing her up again, right? <laughs> and I'm thinking, don't you remember <laughs> What we were talking about last year around this time? No, we forget. God gives us the ability to forget our pain, to forget our suffering, to forget our sorrow when we have our joy. And so this is the superpower that he has given us. The reason why this is is because the joy is greater than the sorrow. The joy of having a child is greater than the sorrow. That's why you're willing to do it. And as we said, uh, God is not just giving this to uh, ladies, to women, but he has given us this power as well. Romans 8.18, you can 
Romans 8.18, if you still have your Bibles, go to Romans 8.18. And we're going to see what Paul has to say concerning this. He says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. I consider, Paul says, that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Paul simply knows, he says, I know you have heartache, I know you have sorrow, I know you have pain, I know you have anguish, I know you have all kinds of things. He's the one who said, you know what, I've been shipwrecked, I've been beaten, I've been stoned, I've been thrown in prison, I've been left for dead, I went through all that, but I'm here to let you know the sufferings of this present time cannot even be compared with the glory you're going to receive from God. Can't even compare when God bursts us into glory, either by calling us home or coming back for us, when he bursts us into glory, this won't even be a distant memory we have. <laughs> we won't even have an inkling of a clue of what all this pain and anguish and death and disease and, and poverty and, and sickness. We won't even have an inkling of an idea of what that was because of all the joy God will allow us to receive in this time. It is not able to even be compared with the glory. That's why he says in another scripture, 1 Corinthians 2, 9, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it even entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those isn't that what Jesus said? He says, I go to prepare a place for you. I'm going away, yes, but I'm going away to prepare a place for you. And if I go away and prepare a place, guess what? I'm coming back. Well, he's been going away for over 2,000 years now. It took God seven days to create all this. <laughs> if, it, if God created this in seven days, can you imagine what he's been preparing for us for 2,000 years? When Jesus Christ comes back for us, or he calls us home unto himself, this will not even be a distant memory. All the pain, all the suffering, all the agony, all the heartache, all the sorrow that you have won't even be a memory in your mind once you are thrust experience the glory and the fullness of joy that God has for you. But here's the thing. This is not only speaking about heaven. This is not only speaking about some glad morning when this life is over, when we fly away to the sweet bye-bye. Yes, it's talking about that, but it's not only talking about that. How do we know it's not only talking about that? Because motherhood is a perfect example that that's in the here and now. The mere fact, you ladies, you moms, that y'all have the ability to go from so much pain and anguish to joy instantly lets us know that this power, this superpower, is not for heaven alone. It is for our time here on earth as well. Because that's why you're able to do it and do it over and over and over again. It's not just with the labor, it's not just with the birth, but for the duration of the life of the child you do this. See, you will sorrow when they are sick, when you will rejoice when the food is you will sorrow when they are hungry. But you will rejoice when you find their favorite food. 
You will sorrow when they skin their knee, but you will rejoice when they land the trip. <laughs> you will sorrow when they struggle through school, but you will rejoice when they finally graduate. You will sorrow when they lose the game, but you will rejoice even when they get in the game. <laughs> you will sorrow when they get their heart broken. You will rejoice when they finally find the one. This goes Never stop caring for the one you have brought and birthed into this world. The Bible says that you are to give honor to whom honor is due. Because this day you honor me. We honor all of the mothers who are here. We honor you because of your sacrifice. We honor you because of your ability. We honor you because of your love and your care and your concern and your passion for us. We honor you. And as I say each and every every year, I don't care what kind of mom you have. <laughs> I don't care what kind of mom you have, whether she's a good mom, she's a bad mom, she abandoned you, she beat you. We all have stories we could tell and share, I'm sure. But if you can't find not one other reason to honor your mother today, you honor her because she gave you life. She gave you physical life. You say, well, wait a minute, but I didn't ask to be here. And I didn't even want to be here. What's the big deal about giving me physical life? Well, because it's through your physical life that you're now able to receive spiritual life. And you may not think that's a big deal now, but wait till you get to heaven. <laughs> wait till you're in the presence of God. You won't be able to thank your mother enough <laughs> for giving you physical life. So if she didn't do not one other thing for you, the mere fact that you are here, the mere fact that she gave you physical life, and now you have an opportunity to receive spiritual life, you ought to honor her for that and that alone, if that's all you can. She deserves to be honored. But our mothers, of course, they do so much more than that. God gives this power not only for life, but he gives it in life. For us to have life. When Jesus gave this analogy, notice, he wasn't talking to mothers. When Jesus goes to his disciples, <laughs> talking about the pain and sorrow of labor and then having joy again, he was not talking to mothers. He was not even talking to women, uh, mostly. <laughs> he was talking to his disciples, to men, which lets us know then that this power was given to all of us. Yes, to moms in a special way, but it was given to all of us in the same way. Look in Philippians 3.12. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. Paul would say it this way. He says, not that I have already attained, because I haven't, or I'm already perfected, because I'm not. Paul, the one who was taken to the third heaven. Paul, the one who wrote over two-thirds of the New Testament. Paul, the one who started so many churches and, and, and discipled so many people. He says, I have not arrived. I have not attained. I have not been made perfect. I am a work in progress just like you. But he says, but this is what I do. I press that I may lay hold of that for which he 
Jesus Christ also laid hands of me. He says, I am willing to press on. Why? That I may lay hold of that for which Jesus Christ laid hold of me. Translation, I am here for a reason. If I am here, it's because God wanted me to be here. I don't care if your parents told you you were in an accident. I don't care if your parents told you you were in a mistake. I don't care if, if they said, I don't want you. I wish I never had you. Keep your ass so sad. God wanted me. <laughs> and because I'm here, I know that God wanted me. So if I'm here, I'm here for a reason. I'm here for a purpose. And especially if I'm saved, especially if I've been brought into the kingdom, God saved me for a reason. He saved me on purpose, but also for a purpose. So I'm going to live my life. I'm going to press on, lay it hold of that which God laid hold of me. There is a reason in it. There is a purpose for me being here. So I'm going to continue to press on. He continues and says this, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, and here it is, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Oh, if we could learn to do that. If we could but learn to do that. To forget those things which are behind, whether they were yesterday or yesteryear. If we can just learn how to forget those things that are behind us and press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call in Christ. What a difference it will make in our lives. To simply utilize the supernatural power that God has granted you. To move, to shape shift, to transform from sorrow to joy when we see Jesus. So, don't tell me that you can't go from sorrow to joy. Don't tell me you can't do that because God just showed us that we can do that. And especially you ladies, especially you moms, do not tell me you can't go from sorrow to joy because you've already proven that you can. You can you've already proven that you can go from some of the worst and immense pain known to man <laughs> to joy. A pain that cannot be described or compared with anything else. I know as men, we try and compare it to things maybe that we can go through. Some say, well, I, I think labor is like, you know, passing a kidney stone. <laughs> Some ladies say, yeah, if, if the size of your kidney stone is a bowling ball, yes, okay, I'll give that to you, okay? <laughs> but unless you're passing a bowling ball, you have no idea what I've gone through. <laughs> so how is it, ladies, that you can go through that immense pain, that immense sorrow, that immense suffering, and then instantly go to joy? Instantly go to joy once that baby is born. So don't tell me you can't shape shift. Don't tell me you can't transform. Don't tell me you can't go from sorrow to joy because you've already proven that you can. You've done it. And you do it over and over again. You say, well, wait a minute, Pastor, but that is when we reach our goal again. <laughs> we go from sorrow to joy because the baby is born. We go from sorrow to joy because the baby is here. We go from sorrow to joy because we're no longer in pain once the baby is here. I'm still in my pain. I'm still in my suffering. I'm still in my sorrow. That's why I can't simply go from sorrow to joy because I haven't reached my goal yet. Well, that's when we have to do what Moses did. 
Moses in Hebrews chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24, what, what did Moses say about his upbringing? It says, by faith, okay, so we know it takes faith to do this, but it says, by faith, Moses, when he had become of age, refused to be called the son or the child of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasure of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in all of Egypt. Why? For he looked to the reward. The Bible doesn't say that Moses had the reward. It doesn't say that he'd already obtained the reward. No. He was still in his suffering. He was still in his agony. He was still in his pain. But he was still able to have joy. Why? Because he looked to the reward. He looked to what he knew he had already, even though he didn't have it yet. He looked to what he knew God had for him. You see, the ability to go from sorrow to joy is having the ability to see the unseen. If you don't have the ability to see the unseen, you don't have the ability to go from sorrow to joy. You will simply continue to be in a state of being of whatever being you're in or state you're in. So you got your job, you're good. You got enough money, you're happy. You got your health, you're okay. But as soon as something changes in your life, you're down again. And it is because you don't have the ability to see the unseen. Moses says, I would rather suffer the affliction of God's people because I am looking for the reward that I know is coming. Isn't that what we do even with your mom? You don't necessarily have to wait for the baby to come before you rejoice in that. You don't have to wait for the baby to be here before you begin to celebrate. I mean, you'll begin to decorate the nursery and, and buy baby clothes and cribs. You'll even throw a party before the baby gets here. Will you not? <laughs> you will throw a party, and the baby's not even here. Why do you do that? Because you're looking you're looking forward to the goal. You're looking forward to what you know you have, even though you don't have it yet. That is what God is talking about. And that is why we all have the ability to go from sorrow to joy, no matter what state we're in. Last scripture, Hebrews 2, 8 says this, God has put all things under our feet, yet we do, do not see all things under our feet. But, God says in his word, he has already put all things under our feet. But we don't already see all things under our feet. But what we do see, who we do see is true. Therefore, we are to act like all things are under our feet because of him. That is what God is talking about. Jesus was simply telling his disciples at this time, when you see me, you will when you see me, you will have joy again. When you see me in your circumstance, when you see me in your situation, when you see me show up, you will have the ability to view joy and your pain and your agony and your suffering. You will remember me again. So as we close, let me just ask you a few questions. What are you waiting for? What in your life 
about your life? Are you waiting to see what you can't see yet? What has God revealed in you? What has God conceived in you that you are waiting to burst into this world and unleash? And thirdly, can you see Jesus even though you can't see that yet? You know, I think of things, there's a lot of things in my life that come to, to mind. Life of my children, my, my marriage, my ministry, a lot of things that come to mind. That I think about that God has conceived in me, conceived in Cynthia, and we don't see it yet, but we live as if we do. We go toward it. We, we, we are willing to go through the pain and the agony and the suffering and the anguish and, and all kinds of things. Why? Because we were looking forward to what we know God has for us. Why in the world do we continue in this ministry? Why in the world will we continue to go through all the things that we have gone through in this ministry if we don't believe there is reward on the other side of this thing? And it is because of the hope that we have and what we know God has for us already that causes us to continue, that causes us to press on, that causes us to move forward, and that causes us to go from sorrow to joy. You know, one of the uh, earliest examples of shape-shifting that I remember as a child, I'm about to date myself, you guys will know as well when I say it, <laughs> a cartoon called The Wonder Twins. Y'all remember The Wonder Twins? <laughs> the cartoon called The Wonder Twins, and these twins, they had the ability to shape-shift. And any time they were in a circumstance or predicament that needed a certain or, or thing that they needed for it, they would come together and they would pound their fists together <laughs> and they would say, Wonder Twin Power, activate. <laughs> Wonder Twin Power, activate. And she would say, Shape of an eagle. And she would turn into an eagle. And he would say, Shape of a water. So he could only turn into water. Y'all notice that? I mean, that's the strangest thing. He could only turn into ice or the water. But they would be able to shape-shift into whatever they needed to be at that particular time, just by touching each other's hands. Now, I think of moms, and I think of the ability that you guys have and how you are able to shape-shift into whatever it is that needs to happen at that time. I mean, you moms are incredible. Y'all will shape-shift to a doctor. Then y'all will shapeshift into a teacher. Y'all will shapeshift into a cook. Y'all will shapeshift into a chauffeur. Y'all will shapeshift into a, a custodial engineer. I'm not going to call y'all maid, okay? I'm not going to do that. Y'all will shapeshift into a custodial engineer. Y'all will shapeshift into a, a workforce laborer. Y'all will just shapeshift to whatever is needed. It is amazing. And I don't care if no one else thinks it's a superpower. I want you to know your pastor believes it's a superpower. <laughs> you have a power and an ability from on high from Almighty God. But more than the ability to shapeshift all those things, like the Proverbs 31 woman, she was all those things. More than having the ability to shapeshift into all those things, I want you to know, and God wants you to know, you also have the ability to shapeshift. 
thank you again so much for coming out. We want to thank you again for being here and just celebrating, not just moms, not just Mother's Day, but celebrating Jesus Christ and His Savior and all that comes with it, the fullness of the world. This is why we're able to celebrate Mother's Day, and because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. So let me give you one more safe tip before we let you go. One more safe tip I want to leave you with is this. Having the ability to shape this from being a sinner to being a saint. God has given you that ability right here and right now. How do I know that? Because you're here. Because you're here and you're able to hear everyone under the sound of my voice, the grace and the mercy of God that he has granted to all of us, given us the ability to go from being a sinner to being a saint. He wants to conceive life in you and birth life out of you. Just like it takes the seed of a man, the egg of a woman to produce life. God says the same way. I'm going to plant the seed of my word in you and give you my life-giving spirit. And when you mix that in with your belief, say, Lord, I believe. I believe. God grants you life. He grants you eternal and everlasting last thing we want to leave you with today, if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, if you've never surrendered and bowed your knee and confessed Him as Lord, as Savior, as King of your life, if you've never asked Him to forgive you of all of your sins, if you've never turned from your sins away from the direction that you were going and turned to Jesus Christ as your Savior, do that today. Make the decision today to give your life All over the room, if you would stand with me. As we're practicing social distancing, we can't have you, of course, interact and, and come forward and all. But if you are making the decision to give your life to Christ, you can just lift your hand and say, that's me. I'm giving my life to Jesus Christ today. But by the word of God that has been preached here today and the movement of His Spirit, I believe, I have faith in this said, even though I will have sorrow in this life, he is coming back for me. And I want to be ready when he goes. If you are here and you are giving your life to Christ the first time, just lift your hand up and say, that's me, Pastor. I'm giving my life to Christ. Thank you. All right, so all the saints and all the believers, let me leave you with this thing. When we come into this place, we come to be changed by the Word of God. We come to be thoroughly equipped with what God has for us, not only for church, but so that when we leave this place, we live in victory, we live in power, we live in authority, and we have the ability to shape this from sorrow to joy, no matter what circumstance or situation we find ourselves in. So although we are ready to leave this place and honor our mother, may we never leave this place that we have heard here today, this supernatural power 
God has given us all. So lift your hands up. Receive the blessing and the benediction of the Lord. And John 15, 11 says this, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. Father God, as we begin to depart from this place, I speak this word over your people, that these words that you have spoken in our hearing today, you have spoken them so that your joy may be found in us, but also may remain. We will not let it go. We will not abandon it. We will not forsake it no matter what we face in this life. But it will remain in us. And the joy that we have will be full. So we thank you for this promise. We thank you for this supernatural ability. And as we prepare to leave this place, may we never leave the truth of your holy word. May we see it applied in our lives, not only for our sake and good, but ultimately for your glory. These things we ask and pray in the powerful and precious name of Jesus the Christ, Almighty God. And all of God's people said together, Amen, Amen, and praise God. And we will see you next week, either Wednesday or Sunday. God bless you.